0: So, Olga, how Omar? are you?
1: I'm good, how are you?
0: Yeah, we're rolling. We're rolling. Yeah. <laughs>
1: finally. Um, yeah, finally. <laughs> it's been a
0: while that we, we, we started talking and we were planning this earlier. You bailed on me.
1: But we've already covered like, you know, shit loads of things.
0: Yeah, off camera. Off camera. And off, <laughs> off audio also. So tell me, first of all, your Name because I have you enter two names. Are you like a spy or something like a double <laughs> agent? I have Olina and Olka.
1: Well, I'm not going to disclose it obviously. Uh, yeah, my name is Olga, Olga. Mm-hmm. Um, and the variation of Olga is Olina or Oli or Olinka or other names oh, so depending that's on the it, that's kind time of, like of the a, day.
0: Aha, so it's like a nick- nickname in a way that mm. Olina, then or.
1: I don't think it's a nickname. It's a variation. It's like uh, in Czech you say uh, Jan mm-hmm. and Honza. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, we
0: have that in Iceland. Jon, which is Jan, mm-hmm. is Nonni.
1: Nonni. And what's your uh, variation?
0: Ali. Ali. You know, my name is Alma, and then I would be called Ali. Ali. And yeah.
1: Uh, you even pronounce it in that like uh, you know Arabic way, Ali. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Salam probably that's, yeah,
0: Salam <laughs> that's probably where the name comes from. So and so Olga Maximova. Mm-hmm, that's right. Where are you from?
1: I'm originally from, well, I was born in Czech Republic, but uh, I am Slovak mm. um, and I lived in Slovakia and Czech Republic and about 20 other countries. So when somebody, that, this is a good question, because when somebody asked me that, my first uh, response in my head is Slovakia. Mm. But my second home, second best home is Prague.
0: Okay. And like, which part are you? East, Eastern Slovak? Or? Eastern Slovakia, yeah. I live so about you can drink like a sponge? <laughs>
1: I think Slovaks in general can drink like sponge, um, and I have actually uh, quit drinking.
0: Yeah?
2: Yeah. Completely?
1: Completely. Wow. It's been only a short time, but uh, I I did. um, I just Uh, felt like... How does it feel? It feels great. I have such good sleep, uh, and I... It's just a test, really. Uh, I'm not going through any, I don't know, refreshment on my body or spirit or something like that. Uh, I just, um, a few weeks, a f- few months ago, I read this really good book that everybody has read, Why We Sleep, by Matthew Walker. And it's a, it's I a scientific... I no? have yeah. Okay. <laughs> When's your birthday?
2: No.
1: <laughs> you might get it for your birthday. Um, and it, 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 he explains what affects our sleep and why our sleep is so important. And I felt like I wasn't getting a very good sleep for a long time. I did sleep uh, for many hours. I went to bed at the same time, but there was still something, something, and I then realized that even a small amount of alcohol uh, wakes me up at night, and my brain kind of keeps, you know, working. So, but I didn't know that for a long time. And I love wine. I travel to other countries to learn about wine. Um. So, yeah. So when do I read, you the love book, sleeping more. I love sleeping, having a quality sleep. Mm. Yeah, It's not about more or less, but I want to wake up in the morning refreshed, happy, um, ready to nail it. And when I had a glass of wine in the afternoon, uh, you know, with friends or, you know, I, I, I have a, a very um, social life in, in terms of my work. So I would have a glass of wine and then I felt like I didn't sleep. And then I started thinking about, you know, oh my God, everybody around me drinks. And my brother is writing, or he wrote a diploma thesis about alcoholism. So I started reading about that, and I thought, no, 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 you know, I need to, or I don't need to, but I want to try uh, living without alcohol and see how it feels. Mm -hmm. And it feels great.
0: But what is a bad sleep? I'm just curious. Like, you said you woke up during the night, but, yeah, I mean, this is totally off topic, but I'm just, like... uh, (laughs)
1: Yeah. So scientifically, I can't really, uh, you know, uh, explain it as Matthew Walker would, but uh, uh, a bad sleep, you, you know, a bad sleep when you simply when you wake up uh, in the morning and you feel like your brain is not working properly. You are you have this like uh, mist, you know, uh, it's like it's like a bed hangover, really. And you wake up during night a few times. So alcohol has this effect on your brain that it doesn't get into the one of the phases um I think it's REM or the the second yeah. phase so it's not refreshed and it uh, it keeps it keeps working it keeps functioning and it doesn't rest mm-hmm. so that's a bad sleep really
0: yeah because I <clears throat> I'm not a big drinker myself mm-hmm. so I I you know like in like yesterday I went to this um gathering or like a team building gathering and I I didn't have any alcohol or anything and and I've never been there you know mm-hmm. because I come from Iceland and we just everyone who drinks a glass of wine on a Monday is an alcoholic to us you know mm. but the p- person who drinks a bottle of vodka on a Friday and yeah. punches his family is yeah. normal oh my god so so we that's where we come and that's I was curious about your um Eastern Slovak roots because uh, yeah the, some of the most hardcore drinking sessions that I have had, here after i moved to prague 15 years ago i've been with people from eastern slovakia really? yeah, yeah.
1: um you know i think alcoholism uh, or drinking alcohol is not um is not only related to one nationality mm. when you look around uh, on friday after work yeah. look at you know different people how how much they drink in different mm. nationalities uh, yeah obviously people people drink uh, in eastern slovakia people drink Maybe also because the life is quite hard and they want to, you know, numb it. Mm. I don't know. I've never really thought dived. about it. Like yeah, yeah, I thought about it. And I, but
0: that? but I, uh, what I what I meant more is that it's just fun. It's fun to 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 drink with Eastern Slovaks, you know, mm-hmm. because they're just more wild somehow.
1: And is it fun the next day as well?
0: No, <laughs> but that's that's just the par- price that you pay, and then you have to evaluate and the, like you're doing with with your yeah, decision. Yeah, yeah. You're Absolutely. evaluating the price versus the consequence, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I just drink maybe four times a year because mm-hmm. it's just not worth it to drink yeah, more, you yeah. know.
1: And I'm not saying I will never, ever, ever have a glass of primitive or you know with mm. friends. I just wanted to test how I feel and it feels good, and I just don't have the, the need to have a have an
2: alcohol.
0: Mm. Yeah, I I I, I I I do I do this, you know. I I I already did this when I was drinking more. Then I would take two, three, four months without, and I mm-hmm. always felt great, you know. Just yeah. yeah, something happens in your brain also, but anyway, you're here because I found you or saw you around an organization called Chiquitas. It's true. Am I pronouncing it right? Chiquitas, it's perfect. Yeah, we. <laughs> it's, it sounds you like a, uh, but it's <laughs> when I pronounce it, it's very Latin, you know, like a.
1: Uh, Hmm. It, yeah. Yeah. It sounds. It sounds Latin. I, actually, you pronounce it very well. I um, last year I was in Geneva. We received an international award, and there was this guy. I will not name the company, but he uh, he was very uh, like very senior, and <laughs> he announced his chiquitas and <laughs> chiquitas. So like, like bananas. Chiquitas. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, it is chiquitas. Um, and what is that? What is Chiquitas? Mm. It's a non-profit organization which uh, whose mission is to inspire, train, and guide women to towards stronger uh, diversity and competitiveness in tech. So that's broadly speaking. And if I were to narrow it down, we help women with reskilling into uh, the tech industry. So, and there's a number of reasons why we do that.
0: Uh, where, what does reskilling mean? Reskilling means that, for
1: example, you are an HR professional. But you've always wanted to pursue data analysis, mm-hmm. so you train with us. You we offer a um, intensive reskilling program. It's called Digital Academy. For example, on the topic data, um, you th- went through the program, and then you are able to find yourself a uh, junior position in the tech sector on data analysis or a data analyst uh, position.
0: So, so basically, if if I was a a woman. Wanting to enter the IT industry or yeah or tech industry in one way or the other, I this could be my gateway if I didn't have any previous experience or education. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. The thing is that um, you know these days, um, the, the women are interested in technologies mm. and they are definitely apt for it. Mm. But what they face very often is choice paralysis. They don't know where to start. You know, because when you start mm, Googling, for example, uh, there's a Coursera training, there's IBM skills built training, there's LinkedIn learning, there's all sorts of smaller organizations or bigger, and they don't know where to start and they don't know what to start with. Mm. You know, is it Python? Is it SQL? Should I learn this or that? You know, Um so organizations like Chiquitas help you find the way and then they basically guide you through this is where you start you know this is what you do next it's like a career path or reskilling path
0: So in in some way you 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 go a step further you're not just providing the the let's say the skill training or the educational part you're mm-hmm. also kind of analyzing the, with the yeah. person so why how and where
1: yeah yeah i would say we have four pillars you mm. know and and they uh, really nicely complement each other so the first pillar is we raise awareness mm. we talk to general public why it is important to upskill or reskill in it why is it imp- why lifelong learning is important why you should never you know uh, stop trying learning new technologies because it evolves so fast mm. so it's the awareness and then we talk about Uh, we talk to women why it is good for them specifically, you know, why they should care. So that's the first, this is the awareness uh, and why the gender gap really matters. Mm. You know, some people are like, oh my god, another gender diversity stuff. But, you know, when you explain it in a a sophisticated matter, it it really uh, gets the attention. Then the second pillar is the training, Mm. actual courses, workshops. The third pillar is career transition Mm. where we actually, we don't get the women jobs, but we create opportunities for them to meet with the employers who are our partner companies because they support us financially. And the fourth pillar, which I think is also very important, it's like um, about that, it's uh, the community. This is a nonprofit organization. It mm-hmm. stands on community. We have about 1000 active volunteers in the community who teach on Saturdays, Sundays, evenings, um, and they come from the partner companies and they, they lecture, they mentor, they coach, they help those women to really you know cross across the border.
0: Mhm. So it's kind of yeah, it's 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 people that have walked the path before and I guess it's Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. It's an interesting but uh, when you say tech is it only IT or would it be on a, like if someone wants to build, uh, I don't know, a spaceship, is that tech in this sense?
1: Yeah, you, yeah, you I think you are right uh, with the terms, you know, in English we use the term tech, uh, in the Czech Republic we, we would use the term uh, IT, information okay. technology, but whenever I spoke to someone who's not from the Czech Republic and I mentioned IT, they referred to it as IT support, mm-hmm. so tech is uh, information technology, I would say, oh. yeah, informatics.
0: And, b- and Computer why? Science. Yes, you're s- saying. You know, you mentioned here like the the gender pay gap, mm-hmm. for example, and and uh, and and. Uh, you, I was thinking when I was listening to you, you know, that women are interested in tech. I mean, I think mm-hmm. it is not normal because you know women are also big users of tech. You know, they mm-hmm. are to, to the same extent as men. I mean, everything yes. is tech-driven today somehow. Mm-hmm. And uh, but why why are women? I don't know why do women need specific support into this industry or you know, you know what I mean like wha- mm. why is there a need for an organization like It House? i I'm going to say that word many times. Uh, now good.
1: <laughs> How many minutes do I have to uh. answer this? Uh why do we need organizations such mm. as that? Yeah. Um I wanted to ask you a question actually before that can I yeah. jump into this? Mm. Yes. Yeah, so you had a you worked for a number of companies before, right? You mm. were a CEO of a mm. company. Did you have uh, women uh, on tech positions before? Did they work as I don't know? And I'm, I'm talking about let's say web development, testing, data analysis, IT support as well, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence. Did you? Did you? Did yeah, you
0: recall? I mean, artificial intelligence. Well, it was just called uh, different things back then. Like, but, but it wasn't the, the trendy topic that it is now. But mm-hmm. but yeah, we we had women. I mean, obviously they were in minority i mean mm-hmm. there there was not like I, I don't know like when i was working in denmark we had maybe 15 people in it mm-hmm. and three women or something and mm-hmm. and and they tended to have roles that were more you know quality project management mm-hmm. and these kind of supo- let's say support roles mm-hmm. um they were not necessarily system architects or mm-hmm. yeah but
1: project world. management also counts as IT. Yeah, in yeah, in I, our I, I, our I, yeah.
0: But but it's a it's a it's a different role. You know, like mm-hmm, you can yeah. be a great project manager in multiple industries, mm-hmm. and and it's it, such yeah.
1: as you can be a great data analyst in multiple industries. True. You can analyze data in fundraising, as I do, because mm-hmm. I obviously I my role is to to bring investment and money for the organization. Uh, but I need to work with data as well. Mm-hmm. You know, who would have thought? <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah.
1: And to see where the where the you know donors come from, who they are, and you know how often they donate and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But you asked me something before. Can yeah, you repeat yeah, yeah. Why
0: do we need? Because you, and you asked me back. So so yeah, I had women mm-hmm. working for me both. Yeah, in, in tech. No, as I said, not a lot. And I was asking you why do we need an organization like this? Where's where does the need come from?
1: Mm-hmm. You know, Czech Republic is very specific. Mm. Uh, I mean, globally, women are underrepresented in technologies for a number of reasons. Czech Republic is very, very specific because we are, out of all members uh, of the European Union, we are on the last place when it comes to representation of women. We are far below the average. In tech, then? In tech, Uh mm -hmm, which is uh, the average is about 17%. We are uh, just over, I think, 10% now, 9, 10%. And we are below what is called what we call a critical mass. So a critical mass is a term uh, which refers to uh, a moment when, or a point, a threshold when the minority will either extinct or it will move forward. Mm-hmm. And we are far below the critical mass. But we see in Czechies as the the massive interest that women have in IT. So we, you know, yearly uh, we have far more registrations than places we can allocate to okay. women. Yeah. Um, this project started as a just a, a fun project of um, of a student of information technology and her professor, and they wanted to show the world of IT to to women. They opened the first workshop for thirty women, and three hundred showed up. And since then, they, it really did, the snowball effect started, you know, rolling.
0: How long ago was this? It was ten
1: years ago. Okay. So, you know, since then we impacted over sixty thousand women, and we helped over one thousand five hundred women to find real jobs but you ask why why it matters so
0: and i'm curious on that actually yeah. because you say that that we here in the Czech republic are are mm-hmm. far behind on this mm-hmm. and, and 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 you you bring the numbers to back it up but why why, why is that i mean like why would we be behind poland or or <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, i sometimes because the, the cultural mm-hmm. region let's say yeah yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I sometimes look at the sea region and I compare the, mm-hmm. the countries. So, for example, Romania is doing very well. Mm-hmm. I asked ChatGPT not long, long ago why Romania is doing so good. A number of reasons, you know, the government supports that uh, they invest into into technologies. But in the Czech Republic, the reasons there's a number of reasons. So the first one is cultural, societal. You know, there are many stereotypes. In the past, when I was about I don't know when I started with information technology in school. And I'm talking. I was I don't know 12, 13, 14, maybe the first course ever. Um, the computer used to be in boys' rooms. Mm. It's always been in the boys' rooms. It's never been in the girls' rooms. This is where the stereotype started. You know, your parents when they talk to parents when they talk to girls, especially mothers, they have amazing influence on girls. When mothers are not interested in information technology, which they were not in the past here in this country, they would never talk to their daughter about, why don't you pursue software engineering? Mm. <laughs> you know, she would also mm. be like, why aren't you a teacher? Or, I don't know, and there's nothing nurse wrong with teaching a yeah, yeah. nurse, or, nurse mm. or something. A nurse is typical. Um, my parents, because they were in diplomatic services, you know, they would always say, you know, you should be you would be a great ambassador. <laughs> so, So this is the, the second stereotype. It never comes up in the conversation. You know, mothers don't encourage their girls to pursue IT because they just don't understand it, you know? Mm. And they cannot imagine what the success looks like in software engineering. Mm. They can imagine success in, I don't know, uh, in medicine, or she would be a doctor. With what software engineer, what is that? Mm. Uh, a common stereotypes or common situations are when, uh, for example, girls, and I'm talking about girls specifically, when they have an, um, for example, I don't know, iPad, I, I and they want to download... Uh, an application. They would come to mom and they say, "Mom, can you help me with that?" And she says, "Oh, let's wait for dad to come home. He will help you." And you planting the seed in, mm-hmm. in their mind. So this is this has slowly been evolving into the stereotypical, you know, this is girls or women's role. This is men's role. Mm-hmm. Men pursue this very logical thing, rational thing. You know, something that has all the answers. Women are more about empathy, emotion, communication. You know, so this mm-hmm. is how we how we basically divided those two mm. and obviously there are uh, other reasons as well the, the, one of the reasons is um, I think even if women wanted to even, even when they start working in tech they start on junior positions
2: mm.
1: very often uh, and they're not paid that well mm. as men would be on a senior position so that, that, that husband for example he can't go on maternity leave or parental mm. leave and look mm. after the child because they wouldn't make any money Mm. <laughs> you know because the 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 wife would start on a low paid job uh, by the time she built up there's a way around it you know and it's the, it is the awareness piece as i as i mentioned
0: mm. but now like it's actually uh, weird because the the kind of the IT industry here is kind of has been booming for mm-hmm. quite a while actually and and it's interesting because I kind of was part of this, you know, when I come here, I come into, okay. uh, we run an IT center here and I could see this change, you know, like Czech Republic went from being kind of like a body shopping, mm-hmm. che- cheaper workforce to mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. outsourced boring jobs for big uh, European companies, you know, and yeah. and then the knowledge kind of got built up and now we have a startup scene, we have mm-hmm. much more stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Plus. I think we have one of the highest uh, ratio of of e shops and stuff mm-hmm. per capita. So it's a very kind of digital yeah, community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, and I'm often been curious about why e yeah. commerce is so big here. If it's because people here don't like other people and they just want to get stuff sent, I don't know what <laughs> what it is, but there's something.
1: <laughs> this is interesting. Yeah. Point. Yeah. Uh, I actually need to make a mental uh, mental note that you have you run an IT center. We should talk about partnership with Chiquitas. No,
0: I don't have it anymore. I did. <laughs> you, are, I'm uh, not going to get out of this. <laughs>
1: no.
2: and,
0: uh, yeah. So.
1: So exactly as you said, Almat, uh the eco- the the IT ecosystem here is booming. Mm. Innovations, mm. you know, uh, technologies, uh, investments from Germany, for example. On the other hand, we like between forty to sixty thousand IT specialists to work in that sector. Mm. So you know. So you have this like amazing, booming ecosystem. Mm. You have 60,000 people missing, and you have 10% of women that would be interested, and they want to go into the IT, and they want to work, but they have so many barriers on the way there. Mm. So we, we decided to open the door for them and really you know, explore the untapped potential of women. Mm. And this is what the Czech Republic should be doing.
2: Mm. You know?
0: And these... Um, like, so, yeah, uh, what I... What I felt like, because with yeah, at least with those women that I worked with,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I'm not a tech guy myself, so I, I'm not able to judge people's skills, but I could see the approach. And what I always appreciated mm-hmm. working with women was that there was a there was a bigger eye for detail, mm-hmm. there was a higher quality in the output usually. Mm-hmm. Whereas I felt with a guy or or a group of men, you could. Get them to run really fast and mm-hmm. get something going, but it often came with some, you know, flaws. You know, some bugs and stuff like that. And then if you, if you had a woman managing that project, for example, mm-hmm. the outcome was very often better. You know, like okay. in terms of quality. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm just curious: is there a, or is that something that an organization like, like you belong to, mm-hmm. um, sees? Is there a is there a role within tech, and I'm not talking here. I'm, I mean, a, yeah, or an influence that women have within tech that is clearly beneficial for tech? Do you know what I mean? Like, is there a, are there some skills that that women bring? Is that something? Yes, some, that, that's visible.
1: Yeah, that's 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 a good question. I think uh, these are what you're talking about: is soft skills, mm. like as I mentioned, you know, communication, empathy. These are considered very often, uh, or I for detail, uh, as a second-class skills. Mm. But you cannot automate those.
2: Mm. You know,
1: you can automate hard skills, mm. like you know, coding or uh, something. Uh, uh. But you will never automate. Well, never. <laughs> you know, with how fast AI is evolving, we don't mm. know. But they bring into tech a lot of soft skills as well, which are equally important. What we uh, very often see is that if women want to. Pursue a new job or a new career, something that would require a change. Mm. They see many risks. Yeah. On the, you know, on the road, they see everything that can go wrong, and they will pursue that job or that opportunity if they have a safety net. If somebody tells them, you know what, if something goes wrong, I will back you up. But you go and try it, mm-hmm. and that doesn't happen that often because you know, if you're a CEO, you know, you you don't get that much backup. But you need to create a team who will back you up while on the other hand men and this is in in the best <laughs> this is a good in, intention that i have you know i don't mean to say this is better and this is worse but men tend to overlook the risk which might be good in some mm. industries you know so they would pursue that you know head on without really taking into consideration risks mm. and what i'm saying is that if you combine these two into one team mm. that's a good match
0: yeah, that's, but that's the diversity th- and th- inclusion yeah and that's why we you know, that's why we have the nuclear family or what, you know, like that's yes. why we built this habitation forms that we have, you know, mm-hmm. that the man and a woman cooperates mm-hmm. and it's better for them to work as a team yes. because they compli- the skills complement each yeah. other, you know. And I, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I remember it was like an eye opener for me that I had a, a friend here from Sweden, a very talented woman and uh, really hardworking and yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she was looking for a job and and, <laughs> and then <laughs> like there were fifteen requirements or some areas oh, of responsibility yes. or something and blah blah, blah. And there was one where she was insecure about, and she mm. said, "I can't apply for this job and i said no
1: i i don't know do do you read my mind No. <laughs> you, because you mentioned things that I want to say yeah. uh it's great it's it's good coffee yeah. um it's actually backed up by research. And mm. if somebody is interested, uh, if I mention research, research, I can send you the links to mm. the research. There is a research which proves that uh, a guy or a man will apply for a job if he, uh, he um, fulfills about 40 to 50 percent of the requirements. Yeah. Woman, a woman will apply for the job if she fulfills 100 percent of the requirements. Oh. And that's proven by uh, a survey, a research extensively.
0: Yeah, I, re- I actually read something about this not not too long ago. It's Kind of along the same lines as you're saying, and <clears throat> but but some of those things are very kind of hard coded in us, you know. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 I'm I'm you know, I for me, like it's it's obvious that. Um, it's beneficial for industries to have both men and women mm-hmm. involved you know and uh, and i like but there are also for me obvious industries where for some reason women can be better than men and mm-hmm. then there are other industries like i don't know coal mining or something where you know men can be better than women because mm-hmm. they're stronger or whatever you know or or uh, or the battlefield in war, or something like that, mm-hmm. it, you know. But <clears throat> what what I what I worry about in this is that in in the kind of the pursuit of of having this equality somehow, we we end up changing women from what they actually are. You know what I mean? To,
1: but what are women?
0: Well, they are these things that you said. They are mm-hmm. the empathy. They are the the the. You know, like I, I had a friend over here that I haven't seen mm-hmm. for, for many, many years, and and it was interesting. He he came with his wife. They're from Iceland, and and then we went for lunch, and and we were talking about this, mm-hmm. uh, you know, men versus women. Somehow I don't know, I remember how it came up, but, and then, he said that. Yeah, they were, no. They were talking about the buildings in Prague, and she, yeah. and she was saying, "Oh, they're so amazing, the buildings here and all the details and blah blah blah." And I mean, for those of you who haven't been to Prague, just look up when you're walking. Mm-hmm. And and then the guy says, "I haven't seen one building."
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And and then he said, because when we walk together, she noticing those details and those mm-hmm. finer things and those. Th- mm-hmm. I'm I'm scanning, <laughs> I'm I'm checking. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who is good looking? Who is danger? All these things, and 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 there's nothing he can do about it. Yeah. So, so I'm I'm I like because if if all women would become men, that would be horrible.
1: But we don't want women to become men. No, I, n-
0: I know you. I know you don't. But what I'm just saying <laughs> is that that's the ne- nobody like, does. No, and and I think that's the, that's the. For me, like to look at at this. Uh, to get more female involvement in, you know, specific industry or something. Let, let's then rather be, let's just be sure that we bring them in for the qualities that they have, not to bring them in to be make like some guys. So we bring
1: them in for the qualities they have, mm-hmm. um, you know. And and ab- absolutely, there are women who try it and they say, "Oh, this isn't for me."
2: Mm. But it's
1: the same as if they tried, I don't know, uh, being a teacher in a nursery school, uh-huh. and they say, "Oh, this isn't for me." Uh, if i went completely off track it's um the the another thing where we have stereotype is that every woman wants to have children mm. no 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 that that, that definitely isn't true
0: but let's uh, let's but stick won't with won't we it. get no but won't we then get below the critical what what did you call it before the this uh, the critical mass Yeah.
1: we probably would but there there will be women who will want more than one child you
0: know. I met one yesterday that had three, and I, I personally thanked her because I said, I'm so happy one of your kids will work for my pension.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, and, and I asked her, can you go and have more?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh no, but, because, but I mean, honestly, we are, we are dying, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Uh, Western mm-hmm. civilizations are, unless we get import more people that are willing to have kids, you know, we are... We are imploding, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, uh, and that woman that has three kids uh, is very likely to stay on maternity leave for uh, about what six to seven years. Mm -hmm. She will be, um, she will not pursue her passions. She will not pursue her, um, you know, potential. Uh, She will completely off track her career path. So when she eventually wants to return back to on the labor market, she will have a very hard time if she doesn't, you know, keep up during the maternity leave and this is exactly where we help women uh, you know uh, we help them bridge this gap between being on maternity leave and then wanting to return uh, on the labor market because what what she's facing is thank you what she's facing is <laughs> low pension low pension after those 6 or 7 years on a maternity leave and it's great to be on maternity leave it's great to have kids. I'm a big fan of that. But I just what I just want to say is keep up, even during that maternity leave. You know, learn something new, pick up a new skill. It doesn't have to be uh, information technology if you're not interested. But uh, those positions in the IT industry are very flexible. You know, they they offer flexible working hours. They offer working from anywhere you can because she has to go and pick up the kids from the nursery, and it's very likely the woman. It's it's not very often mm. the man.
0: No, but I, you know, like, I I, I got a shock when, I, when mm-hmm. I came here. I think I've said, told this story a hundred times, probably 90 times on the podcast already. But so in my company that I came into here, we had a CFO that was a mm-hmm. woman. Mm-hmm. And she had a, she had a bachelor's degree in finance and mm-hmm. very skilled, really good eye for details. She had the numbers always on lock, you know, it mm-hmm. was great. and uh, And then... She had been in the company for five, six years. She had kind of worked herself up, and I don't know, two, three years after I came here, she comes to my office. now I'm pregnant, and mm-hmm. and uh, I need to go on maternity leave. And I was like, okay, great, congratulations, mm-hmm. and and uh, and then I was like, because you know, I'm Icelandic, and I was like, okay, so I'll see you in half a year or whatever, you know, like mm-hmm. or nine months or something. And and no, 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 I, I'll be here in three years. Yeah. And and. And I, like, and then and and then said, unless I maybe have another one, then I'll maybe be here in five years. And I, and for me, I was like, there were multiple emotions coming through my mind, like or or thoughts, not really emotions. I don't have them, but uh, <laughs> uh, thoughts. Like, uh, so first of all, w- what about your car- career? You know, why did you go to the through this education mm-hmm. and taking a five years pause or three years pause from from this? Means that you're gonna have to enter somewhere at the lower uh-huh. level, you know. That was my immediate because back then I was very kind of career minded. Uh, and then my other thought was like, What the fuck? I'm fucked, you know. Like, so and I was obligated to keep the role open for her uh-huh. during this time, which uh-huh. I do understand. But uh-huh. on the other hand, in a practical world, who the fuck can have a CFO position? Open for someone, you know, like mm. it's not like it's just uh, some basic, easy role yeah. that you can slot whomever into. You need to find the right person, have the right chemistry, trust them, blah blah blah. So,
1: yeah. So Czech Republic Ch- has the longest maternity leave uh, or leave leave in leave in the world. Um, let's. Let's go together to Hrat and ask To <laughs> the castle. Uh, yeah, let's go to Hrat. Um So if you have a child, you c- one child, you can stay, uh, I think, three and a half years uh, on the parental leave. If you have two, it's up to seven years. And I think it's actually the longest one in the world. Mm. Uh, and... As you as you say, you know, after seven years, you you lose confidence. Mm. You lose a lot of confidence, and you want to be with those kids. You know, you want to raise them, yeah. but at the same time, you want to pursue your passion. You know, you want to learn something new. And when I say, think about your career. Very often, people have ca- the, the word career is like this top CEO thing, but I mean, just like keep up with the real world of work. You know, yeah. um, and learn something one step at a time. It doesn't mean that you have to. You know, go through the data science course in three months. But keep up. I, I will t- tell you an example. Um, I have a friend who is on maternity leave. And she, before she went on maternity leave, she was on a very senior position. And uh, we went for lunch the other day. And, and she said uh, she wanted to. I asked her to create a QR code for me so that I can pay her for the lunch. And she said, I don't know how to do it. And, I, and I, it just really struck me and so this is what i'm talking about you know mm. basic things like bank identity you know mm. everybody will have a bank identity soon but people still don't know about that mm. um and this is m- maybe men and women uh at the same time but my my claim here is that women are interested in technologies you know they want to pursue it they just have more obstacles and that's the maternity leave you know long one um Working conditions when they have children. You know when they have children and they're they. Let's imagine you have a man and a woman uh, on the same on the same position. Mm. You're, and you are a boss. You are a team team uh, team. How do you call it? Team,
0: uh, team leader or team or leader. Who, mm?
1: <laughs> leader. You are a team leader, and you c- mm. you come to the office and you see that the woman is not there, and sh- you know that she has kids. So you will very likely think she's back home with kids. You know mm. she went to pick up. Them up or something, but when you so don't see the man, you will think, Oh, he's you know somewhere with the client, is mm. doing work. Mm. How do you know that if you don't ask them? You know, but this, this is a this yeah, is yeah how that's
0: the automated, automated thought, <laughs> you know, like the, the truth and the balance is somewhere mm-hmm. in this. And I feel like, um, and you were you were saying, uh that the, this woman from yesterday, that had those three kids, and I wanted to have more. Mm-hmm. Um, she, maybe her passion is, or first passion is family. You know what I maybe. mean? Like, and 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 I, I think like, and maybe that's the, just one part of the world becoming more and more binary when it comes to opinions or choices. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I I, I feel somehow. That someone who wants to, because the tra- you know, we, no matter how much we hate mm-hmm. it or like it or whatever, but the traditional roles of men and women have been, man mm-hmm. providing, defending, fighting, blah blah blah, women nurturing, nursing, and so on, and and th- and and it is, it's something that is I- instinctual to mm-hmm. us in some way, you know, and and, um, and I feel with sometimes, and I'm not saying that about your organization or mm. what yeah, you're yeah. talking I mean I hear you're saying they should be able to do both mm. and whatever but I feel in general that the society is kind of saying well now a woman who would like to have you know I don't know four kids and and stay at home and just be sure that her husband can provide and, and whatever or her man or, or, or whatever we're almost demonizing this somehow you know like mm-hmm. n- not mm-hmm. you and me yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but but of the, course the I kind of the you cu- culture you know and and then we see like what i'm concerned about like and of course it, it's it's from selfish reasons you know i i feel that we're kind of living the end of the western culture somehow you know that that because we don't have enough children we have you know done so many changes to our kind mm. of social structure in a way that it's actually not sustainable somehow. Yeah.
1: Mm. It's about finding a balance, I think. Mm. And I will not go too philosophical if into into what you have said, because we would go completely off track. Uh, I think uh, having kids and staying with kids at home, if your husband or, I don't know, whoever provides for you, it's great. If you want to do it, go for it, you mm-hmm. know, and enjoy it to the best of your abilities. I just think that, you know, I would, Maybe say, think of yourself as well, mm. be a bit selfish, because there will be time you will have to go back to work.
0: Yeah, yeah. or and there will be a time when you need to create a QR code and send it Absolutely. to someone. You know, like, and, oh, I, and I totally agree, and I see that. I mean, I have friends that have divorced after years of being married to their husbands, and, and they don't even know how to, I don't know, order food online or something. There's some basic trivial skills, because they always just made the guy take care of everything. You and know. you
1: can refer them to us? Yeah, uh, well, yeah,
0: <laughs> I, but they are in, uh, in other countries, and uh, so there are <laughs> other people's problems.
2: <laughs> and there uh, are
1: organizations uh, yeah. like Jaquitas in almost every country, um, uh. you know now. So, um, yeah, I I just think it is about a bit about you know selfishness and thinking for yourself. There will be time when you will be old and you will be paid pension, maybe not, mm. but uh, don't let it slip through your fingers. And as as I'm saying, you know, that doesn't mean that on the maternity leave, because you said something like you you can have both, you know, you can have a career and a a motherhood. I'm not a mother. I don't know. So I don't want to preach Mm. here that these two are really hard to combine. But just keeping up with the world outside, keeping up with technologies, technologies are evolving Mm. really fast. And, you know, you will need it. And these people are really needed on the labor market and they will be needed.
0: But I see, like, you know, because I, I, I'm Icelandic and then I lived in Denmark as well. I mean, we have, I don't know, probably almost half of our parliament members, more than half of our parliament mm-hmm. members are, are women. Uh, we have women running banks, telephone companies, insurance companies. I mean, they're, they're everywhere. They all have kids. Mm-hmm. And and I, for for me, like, he, he, here, here the issue is more a uh, mindset, conservative mindset when it comes to this. And I, I felt, um, I told you earlier before we started recording, that I often felt that the women were their own worst enemy when it came to this. And now we're talking broader terms, mm-hmm. not just IT or anything. That, like, I remember one girl that was very successful, and she was telling me that, she had divorced, but like a year ago, and she didn't. dare telling her grandma, you know what the fuck, you know, like uh, because. What do you know
1: about her grandma?
0: Well, <laughs> she's de- probably not a serial killer because then they would be dead by now. But, but like, why? Why are you? Why are you so bound by? And did you ask her? Yeah, yeah, and she said, "Oh, my grandma just." wouldn't be able to deal with the fact that I'm single again. And I said, well, (laughs) you wouldn't be here unless you're single, you know? You're here with me. Your grandma should be happy.
1: So that's the... I never met
0: the grandma, though, but... uh, That's
1: that's the perception that being happy means being being married, Mm. which, well, I can Mm. comment on that. Mm. (laughs) But... um, there's a there's a really good TED Talk uh, on YouTube. You can find it. Uh, it's uh, it's by Rashma uh, Saujani, if I pronounce her name correctly. Uh, it's called "Perfection versus Bravery," mm. and it speaks about uh, specifically about how we raise boys to be uh, brave mm. and pursue things, you know, risk taking mm. and and stuff, and how we how we raise women to be perfect, mm. not to make any mistake, uh. apply for jobs that hundred percent match, being married. So oh. I think this is this is it's amazing. I mean, mm. I would recommend anyone just for you know some some general observation.
0: Just to kind of <coughs> wrap up a little bit, maybe on the on the women in mm. white. Mm-hmm. Do you see results? Oh, absolutely. In those ten years.
1: Absolutely. You know, as as I mentioned, we helped over one thousand five hundred women find real jobs. Mm. Sometimes, uh, when we go to our partner companies, these girls who started on junior position are now let's say head of data analyst. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sixty thousand women who trained with us Mm. uh, over those ten years received number of international awards from United Nations, from South by Southwest in the states, uh, from the Czech government as well. So yeah, the results are amazing. Um, We would love to do more. Because, you know, big players here, uh, you know, big numbers. But as we are a nonprofit, we can't, like, mm-hmm. you know, just think one day we're going to do more courses. So this is why we always seek partnerships with new companies, with, with supporters. It's a day-to-day busy job mm-hmm. <laughs> being a fundraiser.
0: And so you said it started with two women in the beginning, and you are how many now in the organization? We
1: are about 70 employees now. About one thousand volunteers, about one hundred partner companies. That's crazy! In ten yeah. years. In ten years, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's amazing. I mean, I, and I, I I knew about Jackie a lo- long time ago. I, yeah, I how did
1: you how did you learn about us?
0: Uh, i have just always been interested in women.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I I uh, I, uh, I I don't know. There was someone, some woman, I think, that worked for me who went to some course there and talked about it and then and I mm-hmm. listened at the same time so <laughs> and then actually there's a a girl that I meet sometimes that uh, has a similar dog that I have which is here <laughs> b- under the table by the way snoring and uh, she i met her like 5 6 years ago and mm-hmm. then she was involved she was volunteering for Chekitar so
2: mm-hmm.
0: And it's like, it's a good name. It's a name that that sticks with you. It's a love brand. Yeah. It's a love brand. Exactly. It's a brilliant. Yeah. I mean, um, when I understood what it was, you know, first Mm -hmm. I thought it was some. only women IT company or something, you know, but then I started understanding the the nature of it. It's it's
2: really good. And
1: you know, it's not only um, what we do on the outside, but I really, as I've been with Chiquitas for almost four years now, uh, I have to say that on the inside, uh, it's a very inspirational organization. I have never been a very, very big fan of nonprofits. I didn't Mm. understand them. I I thought it was a stagnant area and just wasn't very fancy, like diplomacy, for example. But... um, I have to say that we we were awarded a third place of the nonprofit of the year in the Czech Republic, and the and the and the committee that went through the you know the the aspects of, of our work how we work internally, they went through everything like how we deal with finances you know how we motivate our people how we help our people how we I don't know do this and that. Um, I feel very inspired by the people I work with, mm. and I got this amazing opportunity to do things that I wouldn't have been able to do in other companies. Mm. Definitely not in in corporates at this stage, you know, like setting strategy, working with 25 million budget and stuff like that. So
0: amazing, amazing. Yeah, because you are also, you kind of always have in a way a green field in front of you Mm -hmm. that you can kind of, that's the beauty about doing something like this because it's not about finding the perfect process and setting up something that can, work and be milked for the shareholder for the next 20 years you're always looking for something new or some niche or some yeah some new approach or something and and i yeah i think yeah actually just listening to this and how much it grew and how how it's 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 this is not going to be the same organization in 5 years it's going to be different mm-hmm. it's going to yeah. be bigger it's going to be something new there will be something else as well so that's cool but how you mentioned diplomat and 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 now that i know that you're a double agent you you're not you've been 4 years in Czechitas. but you were in diplomatic service before, right?
1: I will just comment on the double agent. You know, but, you know, my name is very Russian. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes when I meet people from from Russia, Ukrainian, they ask me, "Are you Russian?" Because it's Olga Maximova, mm-hmm. and there used to be a princess in Russia, sh- and her name. <laughs> Her name was Olga Maximovna. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, so I really like my name. Actually, I, I like that it's Russian-sounding. I like Russia. Uh, I mm. like Ukraine as well. I like mm. the language and yeah, the yeah, literature is yeah, amazing. A rich culture and a yes, lot of history yes, and, yes, and yeah. the reading. But uh, d- diploma, diplomacy. Um, you know, my my dad uh, and my mom were in diplomatic services. Slovak. Uh, and uh, and before that, my father was in uh, in the military service. Uh, so he was the um, Chief of staff of chief of military in in Slovakia, mm-hmm. and as he was progressing his career, while my mom, mom was looking after the kids and sacrificing her career, <laughs> I I would accompany my dad. But I'm
0: really happy she did. Um, the result is here.
1: The result is here, mm-hmm. and it's great, and I'm very thankful to my parents, both of them. Uh, I just think my mom would have done very well in in um, she would be a perfect entrepreneur, internal uh, designer of uh, um, you know interiors and stuff. But She's then you might possible.
0: not be here. <laughs> Who knows exactly. what exactly? We don't know. <laughs> we we only know the track will came. You know, we don't know the the alternative tracks. You know, yeah. we can't we can't simulate. But but wait, so. <gasps> How uh, th- were they in diplomatic service already, or, he, or your father then with the military before the end of communism, or, or how
1: that was uh 10 years ago? Okay, when he was in uh, so he was in the a, in a military ho- his whole life, okay. Um, and then he entered the diplomatic services, he was the defense attache. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to say that I would accompany my dad on a lot of official visits, uh, you know, when, when my mom couldn't, for example, uh, he he raised me uh to be a good networker to talk to people not to be afraid to talk to this or that person Uh, i owe him a lot for that uh and my mom as well um so they were in diplomatic services and i saw how it how it you know what it means and as uh, when they were in the diplomacy i also entered but i worked for the british embassy uh i i did uh Every aspect of my work as a diplomat, I just didn't have the <laughs> diplomatic passport mm. because I'm not British. I don't have a British nationality. But I absolutely loved my job. That was just something I I, I woke up every single day and I thought like, oh, I love it. And I hope it's going to be adventure today because I was in a crisis management and I would help distressed British nationals overseas or, or here in, in this country uh, when they got into problems.
0: And quite a few of them do. Quite a few of them do. Because you know, like for those who don't know, then Prague is a very popular destination. For example, for for parties and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And you know, this is a young man or. And woman, for football fans yeah, as well. Yeah, and they, you know, they will lose their passport and they will. I oh. actually, it was, it was crazy what happened to me. Just two days ago, I was working in 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 mm-hmm. the park with a dog, and like, this is far away from civilization in mm-hmm. a way like middle of nowhere and a guy comes to me and says can you tell me where this hostel is and I was like what are you doing here well I met a girl we went to her place my phone is out of battery and uh, and and he was walking the totally wrong and he was British mm-hmm. of course mm-hmm. I could have <coughs> sent him to you and said the old will fix you
1: but I think if I worked for a Germ- German government or Slovak government or American government, it would be the same. I would think it's always mm. Americans or Germans, you know, so I don't want to uh, generalize. Generalize, no. ob- Obviously not. Uh, yeah, Brits travel. They travel no. here. They like it here. Mm. So losing passport is, you know, it's not such a big deal. You know, mm. they, it's can get replaced pretty quickly. You just have to be very good with technologies, you know, and, uh, and p- apply online. It's not like you show up at the embassy. It's not everything mm. is automated. Uh, and what were you doing?
0: What were crisis management? I mean, p- what mm-hmm. kind of crisis?
1: So I was a head of consular section, so I was a head of consular section, and at the same time I was a member of the so-called regional resilience group. So as a head of consular section, obviously I was um, responsible for overseeing the consular operations, which means uh, if somebody loses their passport, we would advise them what to do. But there were serious things such as, uh, sexual assault you know mm. and helping the victim of the sexual assault uh, dealing with authorities really providing the consular assistance uh, missing persons uh prisons you know uh, prisoners I have visited so many prisons in the <laughs> in Europe and in yeah. Africa as well yeah yeah mm, so all sorts of cases imagine you travel overseas anything can happen to you you know you're run over by a tram for example mm. because you look to the other side of mm. the road uh. So that that kind of thing, and as a member of the uh, the crisis resilience group, I would be called at a very short notice to other country if there was a major incident. Uh, if, the, for example, there was a bus crash and number of Brits would die, and obviously this is a big thing; it's, it's in media. You know, many families are involved, not only the victims but their families and the local authorities and everybody's investigating and asking and it's chaos. So we would. So a few people were were you know um, invited from other countries to travel to that country and help the British Embassy there and help their staff on the on the ground so that everything runs smoothly on the ground while the normal day-to-day operations also are you know assured.
0: I think you spent Christmas in Iceland once.
1: I did. <laughs> I did spend um, was it Christmas. I can't remember if it was Christmas or it was uh, it was the end of the year, Sylvester, the mm. last day. No, um, no. I think it was Christmas. Mm. It was Christmas. Mm. No, <laughs> it wasn't Christmas. It was the end of the year. I was uh, in Slovakia for Christmas at the embassy in Bratislava. Mm. And I was just about to close my computer and call it a day and go on a really nice uh, end of year holidays. Mm. When my, my manager from Amsterdam called me and she said, Olga, what are you doing for for the end of the year, and, and they I knew did you didn't. I have knew kids. It. <laughs> uh, actually, I was getting divorced. I think yeah. uh, so. I was. Welc- I, I welcomed every opportunity to, you know, to do leave. something, yeah. <laughs> do something new. And uh, she said uh, there, there was a major uh, accident in in uh, just near Reykjavik. Uh, remind me, there's this Black Beach, yeah. which is the name yeah, of uh, the, in the South
0: Week. Yes. Week and, and headline called for the southern yeah. part. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So there was a major uh, accident. It was a car with. Five or six Brits, and uh, they they fell off the oh. bridge somehow mm-hmm. in the car in early mornings, and there were two brothers with their wives and their kids, and then and they all died. Mm. I think just one survived, and I think it was the driver. So she said, "We we need you in in Reykjavik in about few hours." So she said, "You don't have to go home. You you will get the clothes, everything. You know, just just buy your tickets, buy the tickets to Iceland." So yeah, within a few hours I was in Reykjavik and helping the the ambassador, who was actually absolutely amazing. Um, that is a very stressful job, you know.
0: Yeah, because you are.
1: Because you're in I think spotlight. when
0: people think diplomatic service, they think cocktail parties and James Bond flirting with you or something Maybe. like that. Maybe, yeah. To get yeah. information, <laughs> but but then the reality is this: you you have to deal with family tragedies, yes. deaths,
1: yes, media. Yeah. media and being constantly bombarded by comments on social media which can be very ruthless mm. uh, and very myopic and um, you know people have this notion that uh, an ambassador or, or diplomats can just just can just like um, overrule the rules of the hosting country mm. you know and they would think, that, oh, you're an ambassador, you can obviously influence this and do this. You can uh, influence that, uh, you know, that's your job, right? But you can't cross the line, you know, you have to mm. stick to the country rules and just, you know, negotiate. It's always negotiation and then mm. and diplomacy. So, yeah, Iceland was, and it was the end of my career, actually. I, and, and, and that that was my last case I dealt with. And then I decided that it's time to move on.
0: Why, why did you want to move on?
1: because I did that for 10 years mm. and because I felt like I back then actually I realized that I need to I need to learn something new and I started seeing the technological world and I wasn't really attracted to it it just came to my life um but I wanted to tell you have I I, I don't think I've mentioned to you how I how I got the job at the embassy no <laughs> this is I love this is my my story I love it uh I studied British and American Studies Mm -hmm. at the university and when I was in the first grade I wanted to travel to England to make some money (laughs) uh, for my next studies. So I got a job as I looked after uh, someone's dog. Amazing job. But I needed a visa. We were not in the European Union back then. This is how old I am. And I traveled. <laughs>
0: Czech Republic was the founding member of the European Union <laughs> in 1958. No, oh, this was ugly. You're you're not told. Exactly. So anyway, so I traveled to the
1: capital, Bratislava, uh, for about five hours at night uh, to stand in the queue in front of the embassy from the early mornings, like four o'clock in the morning, to to actually uh, get a visa, say, and, and yeah. because they would grant visa only to like ten people, maybe. And I was, as I was standing there, four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning. They opened at nine. I was so humiliated. I felt. I mean, I understand that, you know, back then there was not, no online system. You know, everybody had to wait. But the the feeling I had was a feeling of humiliation. Mm-hmm. That I'm studying about your history, your literature. You know, I know probably know more than I don't know how Most many percent
2: of, of the average people. Yeah.
1: Okay, I I would respect it. But then I was standing there, and the thought came to my mind, and it just passed, but it 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 somehow stuck in my mind, and I thought one day I will be running this place, and people will not be standing in the queue. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. And then some 20, 15 years after that, I moved to Prague. I traveled, you know, I lived in Spain and then traveled and I came to Prague. And I came home from a party one day, one night. And I don't know why, I opened my, the computer and I typed into Google job, embassy, Prague. And I got the the, uh, the ad for, uh, for the consular officer uh, at the British embassy. So I went for an interview and the next day I got the job.
0: That's great.
1: Yeah, <laughs> And then I was running the place in Bratislava after, I don't know, five or six years and people were not standing in a queue because no. everything was automated, everything was online, the system was great, you know.
0: But I feel with this, what you're saying, like this, um, um, I feel we still have a little bit of this mentality that when it comes to kind of official or public mm-hmm. service, that people that have that power, yeah, they use it somehow, you know, like I feel it, for example when when I go uh, when I went to the foreign police here to to get my mm-hmm. my residence card you mm-hmm. know like I I'm after mercy somehow you know what I mean like no. and I am not no, I
1: don't, I I want to say I don't know what you mean You don't know no, no, because no, you explain. never
0: Yeah okay so No
1: I applied for a, with the same ministry and they have a new website and and the service is great Yeah but you're... your digitalized. You,
0: where is your passport from Slovakia Yeah I think I think you get. Uh, it's the same with me. Being an Icelander in Denmark is mm-hmm. is, is okay. better than being I don't know a German or whatever. Okay. And so I mean, first of all, here with the foreign police, you might need to wait six, seven hours mm-hmm. to get into the room to talk to the person.
1: But not anymore. Mm, yeah. That was when did you go last time? That that must oh, have been like
0: years. Uh, four or five years ago.
1: Oh no! Yeah. No. So everything is digitalized. Everything is online. You just make an appointment, you show up at 11 o'clock and they take you straight away.
0: Yeah, but then you come to that appointment and then if some minor detail is missing, you will have to go again and you have to pay with a postage stamp, postal stamp. And I I feel this. I, I, I feel that, um, you know, same when I went to get my criminal record, mm-hmm. um, I, 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 f- I feel that, that I'm... I'm, it's made clear to me that I'm at the mercy of that person.
1: It's the customer service which isn't the best. You think?
0: Mm, for me, it's more of an attitude. I mm-hmm. I, I feel that there is some sort of a power game going on. You know, like, uh, mm-hmm. and it's the same when I go to the post office. I feel I feel the same at the post office. Mm-hmm. You know, I I they they are these people are working for me. Mm-hmm. And if I wouldn't come there, and if I wouldn't pay my taxes, mm-hmm. then there wouldn't be any post office, mm-hmm. you know. But I don't feel that they always get that, you know. Mm-hmm. So when you're describing the queue outside the embassy, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I feel, I feel, I feel, and this gets worse the further you. I mean, in Ukraine, this was horrible when I was doing business in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. It was the same. Mm-hmm. You like anyone who had any kind of a public stamp on them, they, they made sure that. They they make sure that you're small and they're big. Mm-hmm.
1: So you see, so I removed that uh, hustle. Mm. <laughs> I, I removed it by can going you to, you digital. Can, take, can
0: you take over the check post, and 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 remove this there?
1: Yeah, probably not. But you know, wh- whenever I don't have to deal with with uh, officials like that, I I go to through the digital way, mm. online at home, few clicks. I don't have to to talk to the person. No, but, but on the
0: other hand, that's a little bit sad.
1: No, it isn't.
0: Yeah, because then we lose this human.
1: We don't. We just focus our energies in on a different roles where we can perform better. But I wanted to tell you, it is this is about experience, and I know what you're referring to. Yeah. Uh, yes, <laughs> I have had many experiences like you. But yesterday I called České Drahi.
2: Mm -hmm. The the, the train company.
1: Yeah, and the train company. And the woman was the most helpful woman. Mm I'm just, i so sorry, I don't know her name. She's helped me and she sounded like she was over 60. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I can tell by the voice. So I think it depends on on people. But I know what you mean. This country probably isn't the most hospitable in this regard. If I use the words that I want to use, Um, I think it's getting better, but it's not like... Oh, when I was in Australia, for example, they were so helpful, you know, mm. so helpful and, and friendly and in New Zealand as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I think, I, I, I also think that it, it's, it's like this for a reason, you know, like, it's not like, you know, this is an inherited kind of, cultural mm-hmm. attitude in some way because if you think about those institutions like uh, or, or take the train company take mm-hmm. the post this stuff that traditionally was owned by the government mm-hmm. and uh, and these for like during communism for example these were like powerful big companies mm-hmm. these were the major employers in mm-hmm. in the country and so on and there was no need for service because mm-hmm. you know like the the public, didn't deserve mm-hmm. service was not a concept, you know. Mm-hmm. So of course you you it takes a long time to kind of filter this stuff out. Mm-hmm. So the foundation that let's say Czech post is built on versus uh, the Australian post is mm-hmm. co- it's comes from a very different background. Mm-hmm. So so it's kind of natural that you still have some leftovers of. Things that can cause bad experiences, mm-hmm. you know. So for for me, it's it, and it's not like I'm not just one more expat complaining about the Czech Republic because I mean I'm not. I, I just happen to live here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when I lived in Denmark, I complained about something in Denmark. When I live in Iceland, I'll complain about something yeah. there. You know, mm-hmm. so so it's um and it's a fair point. It's fine yeah. if you
1: see that, you know. But I have to say that the most helpful people, um, like government officials uh, or customer service, uh, as such, was in Ireland. Mm. Irish people are so nice. Aren't they just drunk all so the time? They just Irish had
0: people. two beers for breakfast. I don't and know.
1: Then it's maybe just like Slovaks. Uh, maybe yeah. there are yeah. a few people who don't drink, you know. <laughs> but yeah, we really like Ireland.
0: But this, uh, so uh, okay, parents in in, in military mm. diplomatic service. How how? So you moved around a lot, I guess, and you were all over the place. And
1: so back back then, when when my dad was in in dip. In uh, military service, we moved mainly through Czechoslovakia, because you know he was. I was born here, and then we lived in other towns. And then, when he was in diplomatic services, I was an adult, so I didn't move with them. I moved through my own, you know, way. Um, Yeah.
0: But did it like, like when when you say military service, like the first thought that comes to my mind is discipline.
1: Discipline. Uh and consistency, I would say, mm. yeah, having order in things absolutely, uh, and I'm very thankful for having that in me now mm. my my father is the most loving husband and father on the entire planet. I would say he he the way he treats mom and and me and my sister and my brother as well. Is is fabulous. We don't have any kind of a military regime at home.
0: No, no, but but that would be the automated kind of connection. Probably that's a stereotype. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's a stereotype. I think. Um, But yeah, the 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 features what he passed over to me Mm. uh, is you know having order in things, planning, being prepared for things, um, and that's on a on a different levels in different dimensions. So. Yeah, I'm grateful for that.
0: Mm. And your mom what what traits did she give you?
1: Uh, more creativity. Mm. And I think my mom is a is a much bigger rebel than than my dad. Yeah. I love it about her, yeah. She can be very spontaneous and then she but she you know, she she knows how to plan things, but I think she is more creative. Mhm. Uh and Maybe, and I don't want to be now negative but to, towards Ooh. my dad, but maybe my mom is more open-minded. Mm. You know, the literature that she reads is all sorts of things, you know, from philosophy to... I don't know, neuroscience to mm-hmm. religion and things like that. I think my, my father focuses specifically on military and he's absolutely great in that. You know, he knows everything mm. he could teach at the university. But that's
0: just then where his passion is. You that know?
1: was his passion, uh, yeah. That, that was his passion. And my mom, she, you know, she's more like open-minded. A she seeker. She yeah. sees things for different perspectives oh, yeah. and, and lenses.
2: Mm.
0: But did you, like, so now you're, let's say, you're in this... Kind of gender equality world now in some way gender I
1: mean, gender opportunity, yeah, I would say yeah, yeah,
0: mm-hmm. and uh, that's actually a good word because I think yeah, I think the opportunities have to be there, and then then people can choose if they take them or not absolutely mm-hmm. but um uh, is there some was that some burning passion in you or something that you kind of had like I don't know. No. Were you thinking about those things Mm-mm. when you were younger, or something? No, or
1: no, I never thought about those things. Honestly, mm, yeah, I never thought about those things. When I thought about it, my first thought was, "Why do women always complain? We have the same rights. Mm. You know, what, what is it always? You know, women in this, women in that." And I came to realize that, yeah, we have the same rights. We don't have the same opportunities. So, um and maybe we have different barriers or more barriers on our way to accomplishing something else than motherhood. Um when I left the embassy, uh, I took a sabbatical mm. and I traveled. I went to New Zealand and I I thought uh oh, I would really like to meet some inspirational women and I don't know why I thought that thought that. You know, I never really thought about like specifically meeting women or men. I just yeah, that yeah, that no. was the thought. So five months after that, I met uh, the founder of Chiquitas, Dita, and she has inspired me a lot. You know, she entered the room, and I f- felt like I fell in love with her. I, you know, the way she spoke about it, the passion you know she had about uh, what she was doing. So she gave me the opportunity to work for Chiquitas, and then I started meeting really inspirational women and men as well, and mm-hmm. men as well. But you know, I I um I was surrounded more by by women who achieved something, or who were not worried to take risks um a uh, one of the founders of chiquitas is barbara Bibinova. she's a professor of computer science at Masatek university and she has kind of adopted me and she taught me everything uh and one day she said you're ready to go to united nations and I present about you know the gender equality and opportunities and i thought like wow you know that this is amazing, giving me this chance and, you know, trusting in me. And and she really guided me through these things. So every research I read, everything I know is from her. And, you know, she really mm. helped me on that way.
0: It's interesting that you say this with the inspiration. I, I just had a conversation last night, me and my girlfriend, about this. Um, and not for the first time and probably not for the last time either. And uh, because she mentioned this a lot, inspiration... Mm-hmm. She she mentions meeting inspiration or people that inspire her, and and then I sit there like an Icelandic polar bear and like first what's inspiration and then mm-hmm. why do you need it and you know like and I just I, I I it's really really hard for me to understand where this is coming from mm-hmm. like and genuinely not like oh you know it's not like that hard to understand it's more like that I just. I just don't even know what this is, you know? Like I I, I don't know. Like what 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 So there's no
1: one no one in your life who's ever inspired you to achieve something greater, bigger or in a different way?
0: I have a really hard time finding mm-hmm. that person. You you're to put a finger on mm-hmm. something. I I think I have more been inspired by imagining myself in some circumstances or in some mm-hmm.
1: you inspired yourself
0: i don't know i, I honestly okay. just don't know <laughs> these things and i'm <laughs> i I'm, believe I'm, you and i'm i'm very very i'm, I'm it's, it's like uh i never had an idol let's mm-hmm. say that like i never you know like uh i never looked up to any man in a specific way i respect Mm-hmm. A lot of men, I respect a lot of women, I respect my mom, my dad. And uh, and there are, you know, like yeah, I mean I I worked in a farm when I was a kid and I respected the farmer because I could see that this guy would work sixty hours
2: mm-hmm.
0: nonstop if he had to, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And he was strong and he would work when he was sick and he you know, because you know, when you're a farmer you just have to mm-hmm. do whatever. So in that sense, you know, yeah, that was inspiring to me as so, well. If this motherfucker can do it, I can mm-hmm, do it as well, mm-hmm. you know? But but I never really felt that there was someone like a role model or mm-hmm. or or something. So mm-hmm. I'm just curious about this because and I'm I'm now that you mentioned this, you know, like uh um is this like maybe for women more important than men because it's it's more because you're you're seeking you're seeking an alternative route. You're not seeking the traditional route, let's say, in your life. If you wanted the traditional route, somehow you would have just stayed married, had kids, or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. like you could have you could have chosen that path, you know. But to get out of that path, you need to see an outsider. You need to see someone who already did something or is doing something because for example, my girlfriend, she runs a business. Mm-hmm. And those of you in Prague, she runs the Oat Bar on Saifertowa, mm-hmm. and it's open from, mm-hmm. <laughs> from 8 to 3, and okay. you can order amazing food, oatmeal and skier, Amazing stuff. So, she she has her own boss, she has her own, boss, she has, has her own business, mm-hmm. um, and of course, I can see it that, you know, if we meet someone and they're talking business, they start talking to me. Mm-hmm. I have nothing to do with her business. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sometimes a dishwasher there, but you just sometimes mention it on a podcast, yeah. and uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, um, so I can understand that she has chosen to walk a path that is not kind of frequented by women necessarily, or mm-hmm. not as frequented as 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 men. So maybe she is looking for some light posts or some some beacons of of light that are showing her, yeah, you you can walk on this path because mm-hmm. there are other women that have been mm-hmm. there and do this and are mm-hmm. there. You, you know what I mean? So, And it really made me think about this inspiration if our needs for it are different because I'm just a man. I'm just walking the road that was made for man, you know? But you're a woman kind of walking uh, sometimes here and sometimes there and, and, you know, you get me? No. I mean, I don't know. I mean, like as you said before if you you you're supposed to be a mom you're supposed to get married you're supposed to to take care of the family you were not supposed to be by society standards
1: but you can get inspired in the motherhood as well you know this isn't about inspiration isn't about uh, off tracking the traditional way you know so i think and I feel bad t- talking about motherhood when I don't have my mm. own kids. But I see my sister, for example, or my friends. I think you can find inspiration in in any situation you're in. Mm. It, it's not only about entrepreneurship, innovation, technology. That's not inspiration. No, no, no. No, I, I,
0: I know that. But I, I, I get what you mean with that, and I agree with that. But, but I'm just thinking it's to strengthen the numbers. You know, like mm-hmm. so. So it's like sheep. If we are, if we, if if one, she, if they're all in the same group and just doing the same, everything must be fine. Even what, even if they're eating poisoned grass. Mm-hmm. So if you want to stray off the path, somehow you mm-hmm. you that has been marked by the you know patriarch mm-hmm. and matriarch and all these uh, institutions that we have mm-hmm. in our culture that have kind of made us where we are. Um, then yeah I, I was just thinking out loud do we then need inspiration to to have to be brave to empower us yeah,
1: yeah i think some people do need an inspiration mm. and they need a helping hand uh, on the other hand uh, inspiration can only do this much for you and then it's your job mm. to be consistent and disciplined and work on that i and i wanted to i think i know where you're heading and, and maybe my my thought about this is maybe this is how women talk you know Women talk more emotions, mm. inspiration, you know, mentoring. We we have that uh, in us, you know. Um, it's the soft part, the soft skills. Maybe men don't talk that much about, oh, this guy inspires me so much. Mm. You know, to talk about it with your friends sometimes, you know, and ask them who inspires them. Yeah, and I, 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 I Maybe I decided they don't that open yesterday. up yeah. and I, talk about that that much.
0: Yeah, I decided that last night. I'm going to actually talk to... Yeah the man that i surround myself with and, and yeah. ask them who inspires yeah. you or if anyone because i was just very curious about this but um uh so so you were not really thinking about these things and you said you said something or you said we have the same rights but we don't have the same opportunities
2: mm-hmm.
0: and what's the difference
1: so you know as I, as i was talking for the last hour and a mm. half about it. So the, the, the opportunities, for example, are, you know, we, we can't just wake up at nine o'clock and go to our work and come back at five because we have children and we are those ones who are expected mm. to come home and take them from, from the school. So you already have less opportunities to pursue a care, career, for example.
0: And that, and you feel that uh, that opportunities or that difference of, options of opportunity, What kind of sentence is that, Um, is that more on that side, that the expectations to you, kind of then, or to the woman, prevent her from seeking the opportunity. It's Mm -hmm. not like, let's say that you don't have kids, you don't need to wake up and drive them to school at nine or whatever, or you just send them to school by email or whatever (laughs) means will be possible in the future. You just attach the kid to something and send them. Then companies would be happy to have women. If
1: So, companies, yeah, <laughs> talking about companies, uh, I do believe that there are companies who really, really encompass this diversity thing, mm. you know, and I'm not only talking about gender diversity, mm. it's any kind of diversity, you know, race diversity. Uh, your academic background, your skills diversity, and all sorts of rights. It's not only about gender. So there are companies who do see benefit in that. It has been proven by research that the more diverse teams you have, the, the more uh, revenue you have, you know, uh, the, the better results you have. So yeah, there are companies who do that. I think the process might not be that fast yet. Uh, there's a lot of work they have to do, you know when when they for example hire, uh, a junior talent from that goes through Chiquita's uh, digital academy. They have to do their job and create the environment for those for mm. those women so that they don't leave. Because oh. I think it's really hard when you when you have a team, let's say of five, I don't know, software engineers who are all men, uh, and they studied university, they studied the their IT at the university, and they have a diploma, you know. Mm. And then there's a there's one woman. Mm. <laughs> She has kids, or she doesn't. It doesn't really matter. Mm. And she only, in inverted commas, has this three-month reskilling program, mm. and she is supposed to work in that team. Mm. You know, there's a yeah, there, there, it, k- yeah. there can be that it can be. It would be hard the other way
0: around as well. It's Absolutely, just, yeah. it mm. can
1: be a very toxic environment. Uh, and if that girl leaves the the team, it's the company's fault. She the company didn't do the job. In, yeah, to and they create. put her in the wrong place. And uh, uh, right, um. they, they, yeah, they simply didn't you know uh the 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 diversity and inclusion thinking is not in the dna yet but it means they should keep trying and keep trying because everything we talked about you know lack of talent uh you know diversity brings benefits uh but i just wanted to to touch on that uh on that how men feel about women when they enter that those team and the team dynamics i don't think it's true that men don't want women in those teams. Mm. I, d- I disagree with that. I don't see it, you know, the, the men who teach with us, lecture with us, it's 50% men or 60% men, 40% women uh, are the IT teachers. They're, they're lovely, you know, they really want to help. Um, so it's not about, it's not men's fault, you know, that they, but sometimes they make this, sometimes they make these um, maybe unknowingly uh, inappropriate jokes. You know, and 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 they mention, oh, you've just had this like three months course, you know, and and, and I think they're hurting the women unknowingly, mm. you know, but that that environment can become really toxic after some time if you hear this like five times, six times a day, mm. in a different way. Um, I think it's it's really hard to stick stick around uh, after that. So, yeah, it, you know, whenever you hear about, uh panel discussions about diversity and inclusion i like to see men sitting on that panel as well Mm. very often it's women (laughs) i think that should be diverse as well you know there should be men and women it should be about allyship it shouldn't Mm. be about someone versus someone
0: no but it has been yeah i agree i mean and uh, i think in some way it has been turned a lot into that, or militized somehow into that and and uh, and f- f- as I said, I mean, like it's I'm I have the luxury of being born in a in a very equal society, like where. Yeah. Um, and in my first jobs, I would just never even have imagined paying a woman less monthly or mm-hmm. hourly salary than a man. Mm-hmm. If then the woman worked more overtime and got a higher salary, then she just earned that, and it's no pr- big deal. If the man worked more overtime and got more salary, it's no big deal, mm-hmm. you know, but it was just never really somehow an option and we are also like unionized mm-hmm. so so you kind of have just pay grades and stuff like that yeah. but obviously what i saw is that and and is that men were more you know they came and asked for a salary raise they yes. they mm-hmm. and they argued their case where i felt that the women were sometimes mm-hmm. too modest you mm-hmm. know so so i felt as a manager, I had to look more after them proactively mm-hmm. in that sense than than I had to do with the men, you know. And mm-hmm. and and the only people that I ever felt that I overpaid in my life are men. Mm-hmm. And I would <laughs> some of them I would actually like to mention here because they were assholes. Mm-hmm. But uh, asking for that money that yeah. they didn't deserve. But I'm not going to mention them. They know who they are. And uh, but they probably don't like me, so they wouldn't listen. And uh, so yeah, I. I I feel that in some way this area has somehow been militarized in a way or or, or created into us against them or, or something. And I don't think it necessarily needs to be like that. And uh, I think it's more important to kind of recognize the qualities that each person brings in. And I think you said something earlier that it's proven that diverse teams bring in more revenue or b- more mm-hmm. profit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If that is the case then capitalism will solve this anyway because if there's one thing for sure what companies want no matter what they put on their home pages and no matter what they say about like I, we have this policy and that in the end it's all about profit mm-hmm. yeah. and and if if diversity or or more female or more male or whatever participation helps the 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 the, the, the what to say, the pro- prosperity of that company, th- that's the route that will be taken mm-hmm. because at the top of these companies sit people that, in the end, they don't care about anything else than money.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, and I think that's, you know, we're now f- going to f- figure out because I think we have brought in a lot of stuff into the corporate world that wasn't there, you know, like, okay, let's talk diversity, inclusion, a lot of the environmental policies and stuff like yeah. that, where companies have kind of felt some of them pressure to kind of jump on the wagon, you know, because mm-hmm. if you're not, then you're. Mm-hmm. you're
2: yeah.
0: If you, I don't know, if you don't have um, a rainbow flag on the building, you're transphobic. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's the kind of black and white world mm-hmm. that we seem to live in. So, I think what what and, and you can see that with some of the environmental stuff is that um, it has reduced profit. Mm-hmm. So some big investments like BlackRock, which is the biggest investment company in the sure. world, they are kind of backtracking on some of these things mm-hmm. and then they will find a balance somewhere where, you know, yeah, there are environmental things but there is also our, our desire for profit, you know, and I and I think yeah, that with the, the gender equality or, or gender participation I think we will find a balance somewhere where everybody is happy with the, or as happy as possible with the outcome, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I I I feel that a lot of this has gone into unfortunately some sort of us against them thingy. I mean, I don't. I, that's not mm-hmm. what I hear from you, and that's yeah, yeah. not what I have ever heard about mm-hmm. your organization. Quite the contrary, actually. I mm-hmm. felt that it was always kind of very open. Mm-hmm. If you if you were militant, you wouldn't have any guys teaching there. You, you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's yeah. it's not like. Yeah,
1: we're not the uh, suffragettes, you know, yeah. fighting for the rights.
0: Yeah, but we need them also. Yeah, and that's yeah, the thing. Absolutely. Like I've sometimes said that the the <coughs> one of the most influential political parties in Iceland was a, a all female party that had five percent of the votes, mm-hmm. and <coughs> and they were called the the female party and they started in 1978 or 79 and they were very radical obviously Mm -hmm. back then and and they were talking about you know uh, maternity leaves they were talking about equal pay they were talking about you know like eliminating some some or making more equal rights let's say they weren't on the opportunity side then you know then it was more Mm -hmm. about just finding out all those basics. And they got 5-6% of the votes. They had 2-3 women in the parliament, and they just kept talking about the same fucking stuff all the time. And in the end, what happened is that the other parties realized that, okay, so these women, even if they're just three, they're talking to half of our nation. Mm-hmm. They're talking about things that matter to half of our nation. Mm-hmm. So, we either adopt some of their stuff into our policies or they are gonna win in the yeah. end yeah and then this party merged into some other party blah 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 but they had influence way beyond yeah. their because
2: political we,
0: power. because
1: women population yeah. in the world is 49% point exactly. 58 or yeah. something like that yeah so if you exclude half of the population then what will you get you know yeah. the services and the products that are created by one group only mm. and you you you've mentioned something about those you know, three women being like radical is when i sometimes hear that you know it's i i hear that uh that word very often connected to women groups mm. you know we we are called sometimes you know radical mm. or you know a feminist and um and i wonder why why people do it when we've had 2023 years of men's councils men governments mm. men only mm. men on gentlemen's clubs mm. no. <laughs> why 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 is it why is it all of a sudden mm. so striking that there is a group of women talking about maternity leave that concerns every second woman on this planet. Yeah,
0: well, I, I, interesting, I, no? I, yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. I mean, and <clears throat> but I mean, we do have. We, but I think, yeah, unfortunately, we do just tend to label, and we label more now. I'm an anti-vaxxer, for example, you know, and I'm an I, I'm a right-wing extremist. I, I, I mean, I didn't know. I just I became that by other people's definition, probably. Because I believe we should be responsible for our own well-being, blah blah, and that makes me an extremist today, you know. And and uh, I, you know, I, I I ate meat only for two years, and that made me an extremist, you know. So we, mm-hmm. we we're always kind of we're trying to kind of categorize everything, and we do it more now than ever because we are in smaller. It's weird in in a world that is more connected than ever, we are still somehow always getting into smaller and smaller bubbles, you know, like we...
1: Yeah, we like to label other groups and mm. other people. We very often don't look inside mm. and don't, you know, uh, put mirror in front of our face mm. and think about, you know, so how do I feel about this? Who mm. am I? And w- you know, who inspires me and mm. stuff like that. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> but
0: anyway, so... Uh, I
1: kind of wanted to wrap up, but... Uh, I know, I would love to go to Mui Shalek Cave for breakfast.
0: Yeah, oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're going to go there, yeah. We're not pitching that place on this podcast, though. But actually, it's my actually girlfriend, really buys, nice. she buys the coffee from, because, you know, Mui Shalek Cave has, has um, a roastery, they mm-hmm. roast their own coffee, they have a roastery called mm-hmm. double, double Shot.
1: I and don't come to to Karlin very often, so I don't know, but... Uh, yeah.
0: So they have a roastery, and my girlfriend's Oat bar buys coffee from that roastery, which is. Connected to Mujizalek. And Muys runs a barista school as well. Yeah,
1: no. And then she takes it to Saifertova to her skir.
0: Yeah, exactly. I like the way that you say skir. 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 So, uh, are you working on some now as a double agent? Are you working on some mission or? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm still working on the same mission. So what are you
0: ju- going to do in the weekend?
1: Uh, actually, tomorrow I'm cycling from Dresden to Ustina de Labem. There's this Elbe um, uh, Elbe cycling uh, cycling road or path, uh, so I'm going to do that. It's going to be so one day, hundred yeah, something around 100 kilometers. Hundred kilometers. Uh, and then on Sunday I'm going to sauna and just yeah. take care of myself and sleep and read a
0: book. And and how how is like? I did 100 kilometers once in one go on a on a on a road bike. Mm-hmm. And it like then I couldn't sit for like a week.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I know. I have to buy those padded uh, pants. Padded yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: And,
0: but are you a cyclist or?
1: I don't know if I should call myself a cyclist. I love cycling. I'm I cycling label in a mountain. you You're uh, a cycl- Yeah, I know. I know. I <laughs> know. <laughs> They're definitely better cyclists than me. And and my my bike is just an average okay. bike, you know. But I love it. I love I love spinning. I I do spinning quite a quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. On a bike, uh, on, a, on a bicycle, I feel really good.
0: Okay, so so before you stopped drinking, you <laughs> you would have not done this. You would have been...
1: If you say it like that, it <laughs> <laughs> sounds like I was an alcoholic. <laughs> no, I did it. I, I've been doing sports yeah. for a long, long time.
0: You didn't... The half marathon here or something, right? You told me. Or t- or
1: yeah, I ran half marathon a few years back in uh, Valtice. Mm-hmm. I did CrossFit for some time. Uh-huh. Uh, here, I did, in pra- I did here in Prague yeah, 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 in Prague. W- which in, in Prague for CrossFit committed.
0: Oh, you were there. I was there. I was there as well. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. But you were in Holešovice. No, I was in the old one on, on, on this uh, Tirsovo Praguef- Namesti Praguef- whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: okay. And then I did pole dance for five years. Yeah, I did lots of things. Yeah. Oh. Wow. And but walking is the walking and cycling is the best. Okay. I walked the Camino de Santiago in, in May. Spain, yeah. mm, fantastic. Three hundred kilometers. Really nice.
0: I like this kind of stuff. I did nine days in Peru in the mountains, uh-huh. but just with a backpack and mm-hmm. and uh, it's. These are kind of unforgettable. You know, I don't remember the, the the whole thing mm-hmm. minute by minute, but you know there are some really unforgettable moments yeah. that that you get from this. I would like to do more of this actually. And this this biking from Dresden to Lapem, is that with a group? Just with
1: a f- uh, with a friend of mine yeah. that knows
0: the route, or you know like
1: she doesn't. I, she's never been there, but it's apparently very well uh, you know marked.
0: So. Okay. I would like to try this actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll come along next time. Okay, good. So Elka. Uh, Elka. <laughs> one more name. Uh, Olga, thanks a lot for coming and uh, I hope you don't fall off the bike. And, uh,
1: <laughs> good, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah thank you for the invitation. Very nice. See you. Bye.
0: Bye.